on this thing um damn yo red river podcast welcomes uh the film director uh with my number five movie of 2020 mr adam randall hey how are you good welcome uh, thank you yeah thank you for doing it um man so what's what's been going on where 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 are you at right now hometown <laughs> yeah i'm back in the uk uh so last year i was I shot a film, uh, a Netflix film, that we were shooting in New Orleans, and then we were flying back to LA to to finish the film. And as we landed in LA, it's basically when the whole world locked down. So mm. we, I sat there for about six months, and then finished the film in LA, and then have come back to the UK where I'm where I'm editing. Okay, so night night teeth is pretty much wrapped as far as shooting is. So it's just now, like you said, you're just going to edit, huh? Exactly. Yeah, we, we we we're very lucky in a way. We got to we got to finish the film, uh, and it sort of grew bigger, you know, really, rather than getting smaller, despite everything. So now editing, it's just it's a strange, you know, process. I'm editing with my editors in California, so uh, you know, he get he starts work at seven in the morning. I start work three in the afternoon, and, yeah. and we do it all remotely. Yes, yes. I, I I got a friend that does kind of the same thing. Uh, he was <laughs> he does. Um, he used to be like a DP, but now he's like in charge of like this production and, and every, he's like, everything's zoom. He's like, it's crazy. He's like, just everything is just zoom now. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah so listen, I, I want to get into that movie. I, I just want to get into like the beginning of, of how I, I, I started talking to you. Um, one day I came across a movie called ICU, which uh, I think premiered on Amazon prime, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, so. Yeah. In the US, so it premiered at South by Southwest and then it had like a small theatrical in the US. Like, I mean, like, small, you know, like 20 screens or something, 30 screens. And then, uh, you know, was on VOD for a little bit and then it came onto Prime. Oh, OK. OK, cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, but anyway, so I watched it. And, and what I love about watching movies and, and having a podcast or or you know, like I'm pretty active on social media. So like, I, I feel like people sometimes listen to what I have to say. I, I watched this movie and I fucking loved it so much that I was like, you know, cause at first you have Helen Hunt and I'm thinking like, oh, all right. I, I don't really know what to make of her as a star. I didn't know what the movie was about. And then I watched right. it and it, and it was just such a, you know, I'm, we're not going to spoil anything because the whole no. point, the whole point of having you on is to kind of get, more word of mouth for people to enjoy this movie, to enjoy Level Up, to check out iBoy and and your upcoming movie. Um, but yeah, it, it made my top five of last year, and uh, I, I gotta say, it was just such a, I I could I, I can't think of of a better twist of any movie 
since like Scream. Um, it was just such a <laughs> such a such a great movie. Uh, how was the screening at South by? It was amazing the screening at South by. It was it was it was incredible. You know, like yeah, I, it's difficult to talk about without giving anything away. But obviously, there's a there's a turn halfway through the film, uh, yep. and mm. and the most exciting thing you know for me was to be in a room with people and to sort of fill the room as that happened because you know one of the things that did in the edit which was was make it much more abrupt than it was supposed to be you know in the script that transition was a little easier you know there was like certain things that were done it it it, it, it froze it went to black whatever it did, it did things but you know in the edit it's just like let's just go for it. let's just make it so that so uncomfortable for the viewer and it just mm. suddenly flips and i just was so you know intrigued to know what would happen in the room at that moment um so it was great and it went down really well um you know it was just an amazing experience really yeah yeah for sure it's, i mean like it, i thought it was so interesting too because every character has like a little arc to them like nobody was what i thought they were like you when you think you figure out a film like it you know, there's a big twist in it, which obviously we're not talking about. But each character, they 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 end. I ended up thinking completely different about them. You know, than when I when right. they first presented, they each had little arcs to them. You know, and, and uh, Devin sure, Gray, yeah. Devin Gray was like a first time scriptwriter. Um, and man, did he not get out of the park with this one? And and the funny thing about him, so he was in a movie called Thirteen Sins. Which I right. love, which I love. It was it was a, a remake of a Taiwanese movie, which when I watched your other movie, Level Up, I got a sense of like I, I when I watched Level Up, I was like, oh, this kind of reminds me a little bit of like a uh, 13 Game of Death. <laughs> and it just so happened. Right, right. Yeah, like what a weird. Did, did you ever watch that movie, 13 Game of Death? No, I didn't. Yeah, uh, but I will do now. Oh my God, it's so good! And they, they, like I said, they remade it, and and he's actually in the movie. So what what was it about the script? Like what, like you read it, and like you just felt like uh, you're like I got to direct this, or how did that come about? Yeah, very very similar to almost like your reaction to the film in a way. In that, like the thing I I, I thought was most interesting was that all of my judgments on the characters uh were wrong everything i thought about everyone was wrong i was on the wrong team you know i like the wrong characters i you know what i mean like you, by the end of it you're like oh shit i just feel terrible about myself just because of of my own prejudices that i you know made assumptions about people that were completely wrong um so i thought that was just was just great and it, you know obviously we, we we worked on the script and things changed but the but the structure of it and, and those big reveals were you know were, were wholly devons and they were in the script um and so it was hard not to just think just to be blown away by it uh and, and the sort of you know i always like you know blending different genres and there was just like there's a couple of awesome movies in it if you know what i mean <laughs> that were both very exciting to do yeah 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 for sure and and it was the first time i think you shot in the u.s right question mark yeah yeah okay yeah so what was yeah, that was. like it was great. I mean, you know, like ultimately, like it's it's very similar in that, you know, and it was. I mean, it was lo everything I'd done up to that point, including that, was low budget and and tough. So there's a similar mentality of you know what can you get away with of hustling of you know of trying to make it look more than it is. You know, um, like you know, same sort of thing. Like everyone was you know, so passionate and trying so hard and punching above our weight at that point. The, the, the fundamental difference I found was that the U.S. Is, is a little stricter 
you know, there's there's all, there's unions. It, everything's much more unionized. You can't quite get away with what you can get away with in the UK. Uh, up for low budget, you know, like there's just there's rules, there's things, you know. At six o'clock, you stop. You know, if if you you can't just sort of say let's do an extra fifteen minutes, or I'm just going to grab the camera and grab it. You know, there's very strict things in place that took me a little while to get used what? to. You know, which ultimately are great because they protect everyone. You know, they protect. Yeah. Yep. And and how how were the fish and chips in Cleveland? <laughs> the first time I went, the first I think my first night in Cleveland, I ordered like I don't know what it was, but it was basically this giant plate of fries covered in bacon, covered in cheese, covered in you know just like a heart there you attack. Go. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. When, in, when in Rome, man, when in yeah, Rome, when in Rome <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but it was so- great there. You know, one of the things about shooting there, because you know I've since shot in you know New Orleans and, and LA, but like the people just was so sort of supportive that we'd be shooting in a street at three in the morning. And not only did no one complain, but they'd open their houses to us to come and like, but we, we couldn't really have like proper trailers. We couldn't have any trailers to be, for the actors. So neighbors were opening up their living rooms for, to be green rooms for our actors. They were making barbecues for us. They were like backgrounds. Even their kids were in the background in the rain at three in the morning That's- because they wanted to, you know, yeah, it was amazing. And I guarantee you when that movie came out, like the, the screening, like you could have made a movie about a movie coming to a town. You know what I'm saying? Like, and everyone. Right, right. It's, and I, I love that DIY coming from us. We come from a very punk rock <laughs> DIY background. So we, we appreciate all that stuff. Um, speaking of doing so much with with little, um, I love your your use of drones, man. Like drones lately. Mm. I have friends. Uh, you know, like I, I play in a band. So whenever we, we, we do videos, sometimes we use drones and, uh, man, it's such a game changer. Like you, like the videos that people put up on Instagram, you're like, holy shit, this is really great. So especially the beginning of ICU where it's just the drone usage is fucking amazing, man. So like how has the drone changed movie making for you? I mean, I, you know, I, I guess like, you know, in terms of scale and in terms of sort of imagination, you're able to do much more. I mean, it, it was, I guess, you know, you get, if you were lucky, you could have a little helicopter shoot, but even then you can't do half the stuff you can do with the drone. Um, so it, it, it changes it. And, and certainly like, you know, the way I wanted to shoot it, I was able to through that tool, you know, we couldn't afford cranes and, uh, you know, techno cranes and, and, and the things we wanted ideally to shoot on um but we were able to use a drone and the funny thing about with icu is that the drone operator he was a guy in cleveland who shoots sports and weddings you know never done a movie like you know it was like it was that sort of lo-fi just one guy you know like now you know like with night teeth they turn up and there's like five of them you know or six of them but you know and i see it's just this one guy and um and I, as you probably know, you know, shooting on drone is also a pain in the ass. You know, it's like, it's amazing and it's, and there's so much you can do, but it's also, it's, it's slow and there's technical issues, you know, because of the wind, because of all the different things you have, mainly because of all the regulations with airports and, you know, you can't just fly anywhere and shoot what you want. Like there's so much figuring out to do beforehand. Um, but then what you can achieve sort of with, with so little money, you know, it, it's really quite, remarkable i think yeah you know the, the main thing for me was really like how can we use that tool in an interesting way you know that, that feels different because i think it's very easy just to kind of go crazy with that stuff you know 
but that doesn't necessarily benefit the story. No, yeah, you, and I think you did a great, especially the very beginning. I mean, just the beginning of the movie is it just sets the table for something, you know, and, and obviously it's conscious, you know, it, it's very, like some of it was like slow and then the score, like I forgot the guy who did the score, but it was just so, it sounded yeah, like, well, Arcane. Yeah. yeah, it sounded like whales fucking or some shit, like you know, like through through like a, through like a distortion pedal. <laughs> shout, yeah, yeah. Shout, shout out to Star Wars four or five, I don't know. Yeah. But um, so it, it it just like I I love that beginning, man. It's did everyone kind of so when you start shooting, um, did everyone kind of realize just kind of like how special this script was? You know. I think a lot of people, you know, really loved it. You know, it's just one of those scripts. I think so in, in many ways, like the casting process, people were really excited about it. Like, I, I, I know, it was, basically it was different because my, the two films I did before then, Level Up and Eyeball, not that I want to disrespect my previous work, but Level Up, you know, was never about a great script, right? It was always just about, you know, for me, it was like I wanted to make a feature. There was a script that I was given that was okay, you know? Um, and I thought, well, what can I do to this to make it fun? You know, I started to imagine like, what would it be if this was shot in Korea or Tokyo? It would be fucking cool. Why is it not cool in England? How can I make it more like it would be if it was a Japanese film or a Korean film? So I went in with that, you know, but also when we were sharing the script, you know, you could just tell people were like, okay, you know, what's your vision for it? Cause I'm not fully sold on the script. And in a way it was the same with iBoy to some extent, because iBoy, you have to get past a very difficult premise you know, which is inherently sort of ridiculous. Uh, but again, it was like, like I, you know, I used to go in and pitch iBoy saying it's better than it sounds. That was my, that was my opening gambit, you know? Um, but I see you, I could tell the difference because you don't have to sort of apologize for where you're starting, you know? Wow. It's just like, yeah. this is fucking great. You know that. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it is. And it's the, it's the tough thing about wanting to make films and not necessarily being a writer. You know, I write a bit, but I'm not, you know, Paul Thomas Anderson, like, you know, I, I don't, you know, so, you, you know, at some point you've got to, you've got to sort of figure out because you're not getting given great scripts because you're nobody, you know? Uh, so, you know, at some point, I remember when I got the, the level up script, uh, you know, I was going to turn it down and my agent said, are you really in a position to be turning down everything we send you? And like, it was a nice way of saying, you know, take a fucking film and make, you know, and try and make it good because you're not, uh, and so, anyway, it's a long way of, of saying that, you know, I, that I could just tell with ICU the difference, yeah, that, the difference when we gave it to cast, you know. That's a great point. Are you credited as writing on uh, Level Up? Or, do, or you I got something, <laughs> right? Like you, you, uh... I, uh, so, so, yeah, so Level Up was, I mean, it, the script I got was much, much sort of grimier and, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I basically, as I said, like, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of Asian cinema and, you know, with a script like Level Up, you know, I, I still believe it now. Like, if that was, you know, set in Seoul and, like, what, why would it just be so much better than the British version? You know, that's what the question was. And I think it was, like, how bonkers that, that it could be, how colourful it could be, and how humorous it could be. You know, it doesn't, you know, there's something often with British films where they, it takes itself a bit more seriously. It's a bit sort of nastier. Uh, or grimy or you know or grungier or whatever you know uh, so i i try to you know kind of rework that i the story the script with that sort of humor in mind not taking itself so seriously putting a 
a much more inept character at the center of it who's just yeah. like you could put yeah. Liam Neeson in the center of it and it would be a film we all know but you put this guy in the center of it you know it's yeah. just a disaster um well, I was going to say like you mentioned like British cinema like what were some of the influences that made you want to get into filmmaking? Like what, what were some of the British filmmakers, even some American filmmakers that kind of, you know, influence like a young Adam? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was definitely much more American, which I think is just the case for, for most of the UK, you know, which, which is, I think a, a, a really good thing in it. And it's a bad thing for us. I mean, we share the same language, you know, so we don't have, uh, you know, an industry like, you see it in Korea or France or Germany, I think, because, you know, as a kid, I was almost like, if, if the film was British, then it wouldn't be as good than if it was American. You know, I grew up on Spielberg and Zemeckis and all that stuff, you know, it was just wow. so much bigger and, and more fun. And then, you know, I guess it was, there was a couple of things. I mean, it was, when I was a teenager, you know, that was when Tarantino oh, yeah. and the Coens was... and... We're, we're kind of yeah, the same right. age. We're kind of the same age. And to me, like, like when I first heard what well, heard when I first saw like Pulp Fiction, but Reservoir Dogs, I went back and watched. But when I first saw Pulp Fiction, I, I, I always love music. That's what I like doing. I'm a musician. Uh, but when I first saw Pulp Fiction, I'm like, I want to write scripts. I want to write like I, right. I just made me it was such a game changer because here you get this movie that isn't linear in any way. But by the end, you're like, that was the best movie I've ever seen in my life. And Tarantino, Tarantino was like the the film version of like a Nirvana to certain people where you're just like, I right, want to right. do that. Yeah. So that was that whole 100%. early 90s indie explosion, you know, and Kevin Smith doing Clerks. And then there was a, it, it kind of broke down. Like everybody was like, I could do this too, you know. It was amazing. I, you know, I saw Pulp Fiction and again, like I went back and watched Reservoir Dogs because I guess like I saw Pulp Fiction when I was like, 14 or something and, mm. and and yeah it just fundamentally it like shook me up because i'd never seen anything that changed that played with structure and narrative in that way yeah uh, and i had so, and then i remember going to blockbusters and they were selling the scripts you know and they were selling the posters and the soundtrack and so i bought the script and read the script you know and that's something that like i never would have even considered and through that and through goodfellas i guess um and through that kind of gangster genre just, you know, Scorsese, and then and then you just naturally start to go, you know, you watch The Godfather, and then suddenly you're aware of 70s cinema. And I think that was the most profound change was, you know, watching those filmmakers, watching, you know, The Conversation and Chinatown, and then um, Apocalypse Now, particularly Apocalypse Now, was when I fully understood what a filmmaker could do, just in terms of, like, looking at a shot and seeing Robert Duvall talking to, you know, doing this amazing monologue, and behind him, thousands of prisoners being marched with helicopters in the air just the the level of detail and realizing that someone or a group of people put that together and then i saw um cuckoo's nest and mm. it, it had such a sort of profound impact that i i didn't know what it was because i was a musician at that point and i was that's all i wanted to do cool but i went and uh, i watched cuckoo's nest like three times over two days then i went and bought the book then i remember like I bought like a Jack Nicholson biography. So I just couldn't figure out. I just wanted to get closer to this film. I did. And then it was like reading this biography, realizing, I don't know why I'm reading this biography. That's, that's got nothing to do with what I want to do is make this. And it was just that moment of like, that was it. I was, I was in a band and I remember the next day calling, you know, my three best mates who are in the band with going, I'm not, I'm done. Like I just want to make films now. Um, and that was it. 
That's great. What did you think of Ratchet? I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Um, okay. Yeah. I, call, I, I, the, the what do you guys think of it? Have you seen it? Yeah, I, I've seen a lot of the episodes, and it's like uh, I love the color use, which is is why I was bringing it up because I think Level Up has a really cool co- color scheme. I don't know if it was purpose, but um, I just yeah. Remember, I remember watching the beginning of Level Up, the apartment, the pill, like just everything about it. Uh, the church's poster, which was pretty cool. <laughs> um, yeah, right. yeah, so it just I, I I love. I feel like that movie because I remember we had a conversation, and I was telling you how much I loved ICU. And then I was like, oh, you have another movie. And I was like, level up. And then you explained it to me. And when I watched it, I was like, this movie's fucking awesome. It's like, I think it's trying to be a video game in a way, which I would imagine, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. It's like loads of, I mean, level up in particular is like, you know, I played a lot of video games, still do. Um, you know, there was all the influence from, I guess, British kind of comedy as well. You know, that's Benny, something that- Benny that, Hill, know, man. Tell uh, Benny, Benny Hill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. There is that Benny Hill, yeah, on the moped. You yeah. know, there's obviously a bit of the kind of space, Shaun of the Dead kind of vibe to oh. it, that kind of stoner, yeah. you know, UK thing. Um, but level up, yeah, the, the colours is, is, is absolutely right. And again, that's sort of like, I mean, I just love col- colourful cinematography anyway, but but it, that was sort of, you know, the you know thinking about, again, like the, the kind of Asian cinema, you know, of, of this kind of film, because it so could have been you know a japanese film or, or korean film and, and the uk you know, often is very very gray just inherently because there's a lot of gray buildings and the skies always great you know and it's like how do we make it feel more colorful how do we make it feel more visually interesting so um so that was that was the challenge of that one and and in iboy you have speaking of 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 someone very influenced by asian uh cinema i think um you have bill milner who is an apostle which was directed and yeah. written by Gareth Evans, who, I mean, the guy, yeah. Gareth, like, I mean, guy made The Raid 1 and 2, which are arguably the two greatest action movies of all time. And, and, and recently, Gangs of London, which was fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. And, uh, yeah, and, uh, and another director, I know, Corin Hardy, he's, uh, he, he did that. Yeah, I mean, I, I get, like, you know, that's incredibly cinematic. And, you know, uh, yeah, I remember seeing, I remember sitting in The Raid and just, just holy fucking you know it came out the same time as dread do you remember and they had they were so similar in a way yep yep um and both brilliant like you know like in a way like i feel like the raid almost took away from dread but you watch dread now and you're like shit that's a you know what a great film that was as well um, um and music like music is is big i it, it has uh uh the group plaid right i we we asked my my buddy davy bright who lives out and over by you and i was like yo i'm like what do you right. remember of the movie level up and he he told us about uh you know neil maskell who was uh, dimitri uh he said he's yeah, like, yeah yeah ask him about doc brown and then plaid and then one last <laughs> thing he was like ask him about filming on dlr the docklands light railway oh fucking hell yeah my god <laughs> uh well they're all interesting things yeah. I mean, Level Up was true guerrilla hustle filmmaking. I mean, it was like absolutely, you know, we shot in Chinatown um, with, in the center of London, you know, with no permits, with a thousand people in the background of which, we, you know, there, there was, I mean, it was just completely just stealing in a way. DLR, we just, I mean, we had permission on DLR, but it was like five of us, like the DP, who's our camera up and focused. And we were literally jumping on the DLR with the with the actor and we and we'd shoot for one stop we'd all jump off and then we jump on 
I think we did 54 setups that day. It was just absolutely crazy, you know, shooting in shopping centers. It was basically like, you know, it felt like, a, it was like shooting a short film, but we just, it was just longer, you know, and we had a few more resources, but that was, that was really what it was. Um, so and there's like a joy in that, you know, like, not that I necessarily, like I'd want to go and do that again, but there is just such a, a joy and fun in, in, uh, in, have you seen that film One Cut for the Dead? Oh, you know, I actually had it on my list. It was one of those movies that was praised, and I, I, you know, I would always see it up on Shutter. I heard it's amazing, but I have not gotten a chance to watch it. Just the thing about that 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 film does is it just expresses the 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 joy of low budget filmmaking. Yeah, you know, and and the the higher your budget goes, and even though it's amazing and you can do such great things, like there's nothing quite like that feeling of just almost like mates scrabbling together to try and <laughs> to try and make something, you know, and that's sort of what level that was, you know, and in a way, like, you know, it's a flaw, it's flawed. The story's flawed, but, 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 you know, I, I look back at it so fondly that film. Cool. I, I think what well, Langan, you had like a music question as far as. Oh, well, I, I was going to ask you about the music choices for for your films. And you said you were in a band, so I guess music would be a big deal to you. But I especially, I love that Rival Consoles track, Looming and, and iBoy. And me and Sam are huge yeah. hip-hop fans, so Cannibal Ox, we all about that. And uh, yeah. the, and yeah. I noticed you used an artist, Ghost Poet, a couple of times. Do you, are you very involved in the music that you use in the films? And, and also, if I could follow up, you know, what was your band like that you were in? What kind of music did you play when you played? Yeah, well, I'll talk about the films first because it's less embarrassing. Um, <laughs> the, uh, uh, so music is, yeah, it's massive. It's probably, in a way, like one of my favorite parts of the process. And, um, you know, and, and like, it's much an influence on me wanting to make films as films, you know, just listening to certain oh, totally. types of music and closing your eyes or walking around and just imagining, you know, and like, and that, that sort of like where it came from. And even like, you know, like Blade Runner is one of my favorite films, but but probably oh, like the soundtrack had more of an impact. Yeah, you know, one just, of the best. So level up. Like I, there's a, a record label in the UK called Warp Records, yep. and I just love love their stuff. But you know, it's like Aphex Twin, I guess, is the most famous. So that like electronic era, you know, and Boards of Canada, and there was an act called Plaid who I always loved, and they scored a couple of Japanese films, even though they're UK based. Tekken Kinkrete, which is this. Uh, anime film which is absolutely incredible and they did the most amazing score for that so i really really wanted them to do it and and they were you know they were sort of trepidatious and then they started to see the the rushes come in and they, and they really liked the look and feel of it so they they came on board and then through warp because they're with warp i just like just it was just you know loads of my favorite tracks you know mm. and artists and just being able to use a lot of that stuff because it's not necessarily you know, hugely popular in a way, so it's not that expensive. Um, although we got, it was still amazing. They gave it all to us. So, so that, you know, Level Up and iBoy was like complete freedom of music in that way. And I see you, I guess. You know, and um, so it was, I was completely like every track is what I, I specifically found often shot like that rival consoles. Mm. You know, we worked out that whole sequence to that track. You know, basically wrote that sequence uh. to that track. Um, because it's just such a great track, and that's what it caused kind of, me I to look it up because it, you know. it syncs so well with what you were doing on the screen. It just, uh, it's perfect. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's such an amazing. He's so he's incredible, and um, yeah, Cannibal Locks, like you know, Cold Veins, probably my favorite hip hop album of all oh, time, and 
kidding uh, me? So, good. so just, 20 years yeah, old, so, 20, it's just like, we're from New York. So like, to, like I, I was going to shows watching like them do that. And, and it just, man, LP before he did run the jewels and, and after he did yeah, company flow, yeah. the production on the cold vein is just, wasn't it so futuristic 20 years ago? It still sounds wild. right? It's, it's, it still sounds amazing. It, it's unbelievable. It, it, yeah. He is just incredible. So, so yeah, so, so, you know, ICU was, I guess, slightly different because it's so, I mean, they're, they're all score-based, but they all have a lot of tracks, like Level Up and iBoy. Um, but ICU is pretty much, you know, barring two tracks is, is score. Um, right. You know, and then you've got the two tracks in it, one of which is the, is the track on the vinyl, which kind of plays a number of times for various reasons. And then you've got, uh, then you've got the, you know, the, the end credits, the Ghost Poet. Um, so yeah, in terms of what my band was like, I was really into, you know, it started when I was like 12, right. You know, and like, I was really into grunge, Pearl Jam, Nirvana, you know, that stuff sure. got quite into like acid jazz in the UK and yeah. increasingly into electronic music. So it was just a sort of disastrous mash of all that stuff. And I was really <laughs> getting obsessed with movies. So I was trying to write like the Shawshank Redemption of uh, rock shoot, you know, and like just completely, I mean, it was just, and just got really, really stoked and sat pretending we were practicing and playing Mario Kart. And, you know, I went to music college for a year. Um, but, you know, the thing about, I think, particularly as a guitarist, is you really have to be very, very good to stand out. You know, I always sort of look back and think, shit, I should have played something simple. I should have been like the bongo player. Like, you know, to be the guitarist, <laughs> unless you're exceptional, you know, like there's a lot of great guitars out there. So yeah. finding films, you know, there was a, a joy that I no longer had to, you know, pretend I was going to be a great guitarist at some point. But, but you ever thought about like scoring, like working on scores for your own stuff in the future? Or like, are you kind of left music behind a little bit in your... I mean, I, I work very closely with the composers. Right. Um, but they're, um, you know, they're just more skilled I got you at that than I am you know I can sort of do that and you know like especially as the, as, as the films get bigger there's just so much I mean obviously look at John Carpenter or someone I mean it would be an awesome thing to do mm. but I mean it's like and you know it's interesting because I'm doing a you know a bigger film now and it's, it's yeah. you know much more with a studio and so you don't you know you I couldn't just go off with like a keyboard and just go I want to do this <laughs> do you, you, you got enough there's a to lot do, more voices <laughs> yeah 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 exactly yeah. be right back gotta go figure out this keyboard part you guys do your thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. the new movie is, is called Night Teeth and it's also going to be distributed by Netflix um as well iBoy was so what's it like working with Netflix because to to two normal jerk offs like me and Brian that sounds like the coolest thing ever well iBoy was we were six weeks away from shooting with just the money we had which was like about 600,000 that's all we were and then somebody sent the script to Netflix and this was when like before like they were really making a lot of originals they'd never made one out of, of the US at that point I don't think and then we got on the phone and they said they really liked it and they basically like doubled the budget and um you know, we were already in prep and they were completely hands-off, really. We weren't even supposed to be a Netflix original by that point. We, they were just going to distribute it after a theatrical. And then when they uh, saw the dailies or, or when they saw the first cut, I mean, they, they said they wanted it to be an original. And, and that was that. So it was, 
it was just it was just brilliant and i think so many more people saw the film because it was netflix you know oh. it was a film that's like you know commercial but but cannot compete with the marvel you know because it's a superhero film, you know but, but would have just been destroyed by those kind of films and also like would never have played the festivals because it's still kind of commercial and young it kind of sat between and i think it would have been really hurt by that you know you either have to go much more down the festival route and the kind of critical accolades or your commercial and it would have sat in the middle but netflix like especially with that young audience it just you know it just hit so that was really that was great so night teeth you know has been with netflix from the get-go you know we took the script to them um and then they came on board and so it's been we developed you know continue to develop the script with them so it's much more in, of a Netflix show. And it's a, you know, it's a bigger budget, so they are more involved. Um, but it's been equally great, you know. I mean, as you say, it's just, it's just sort of awesome, really. And they get fully, well, I don't know about every film, but they've been so sort of fully behind it that, you know, when COVID happened and everything shut down, as I said, like, rather than just trying to get it done, they actually said like what do you want to make the film better is there anything you'd like to shoot beyond what's what you were planning are there any extra scenes so we wrote five new scenes you know and we went and shot them (laughs) you know it was just like in that way it's just been it's been great and again it's like a you know it's it's a kind of a a young film in that it's like i don't know 16 to 35 they say it's like that kind of uh and i just and it's and it's loud and it's fun In, in a way like of anything i've made it's like a it's it's within that level up world a little bit more, I'd say. And you it's know? like it's like a first time scriptwriter as well, right? Uh, yeah. Although he's you know all of these guys like first time made, but they obviously write a lot and have done a lot and have a lot of pro- so I always feel so bad for writers because you look at the IMDb and it looks like our oh, first time, and actually they've written thirty scripts and they're working on huge things. They just can't say any of it, you know. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For um, sure. Yeah, but Brent, yeah, he's he's great. We, we've got a TV thing we're working on, um, uh, but yeah, it's been great. You know, and we went and we said we. Sh- I mean, it's all set in LA, but we shot a fair bit of it in New Orleans, which was amazing to do. And um, what was it like? I mean, like, because I mean, you were there probably like pandemic. Like, how? What are the most ridiculous challenges? I mean, like, I guess everyone has to get tested. Like, COVID is so fucked up, man. Like, I. It's just yeah. so it just it, it like for the stuff that we like and the stuff that you make, it's just such a weird thing. So what were like some of the biggest challenges to to finish? Well, I mean, in New Orleans, we like obviously like the whole world was starting to become where we were just in our crazy bubble. We shot in a nightclub with 400 people and then had a rap party like the week in which everybody was closing down. Like We had no idea. It was only right. when people flew over from LA and they were like, I don't think you realize how fucked we were going to be. And we were like, no, nah, it'd be fine. And then we thought we'd have two weeks off in LA and then we'd be back to it, you know, and then six months later. So, but when we went back to it, it was just a very different world. Obviously, like, you know, we t- I tested three or four times a week. Um, it was really specific about who's allowed on set. The actors are brought onto set. They do their thing. And then if the camera has to move, they're then taken away back to their zone while the camera moves, everything's much slower. So it's sort of less, you know, obviously there's sort of less kind of banter and fun and in that way. But you get used to stuff very quickly. Like you if did. that was just yeah. the way it was for the, for, for the rest of my days, like 
it's okay. You know, I still, it was still shot some cool stuff. We went big, you know, anyway, and ambitious. And you still have fun. You know, it's just a little bit, we adapt. A little bit stranger. Yeah, we adapt. Yeah, exactly. Man. Like, like humans, we, we just adapt. And, and, uh, I mean, most of us, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but when you make a movie, do you always have that feeling of like, I want to watch it in a movie theater? Yeah. You know, I guess that's, you know, coming up, I, you know, I'm sure it's really different for generations coming up on this, but yeah, for sure you do. And you want to experience it with people, especially a film that's primarily like fun and, you know, and you just want to see that experience with a, with a group of people. And there's, you know, that theatrical model that we grew up on, like each film feels special, you know, and has its moment. Um, that sometimes feels a bit lost with streaming, you know, when it can just, mm. you don't even necessarily know a film's come out. Yeah. You know? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Which is, it's a lot to keep track of. It's, it, you know what it is? It's, it's like anything with the internet. It's like, you know, you're, it's so much easier to be seen, but it's so much harder to be found. You know, it's just like yeah, every, everyone's yeah. there, but it's like, you're like, I could make a movie and compete with someone like you who's, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm, I was yeah, like, all right, yeah. yeah. Hey, listen, I just made a movie about my backyard, and I'm competing with like Adam Randall and whoever. It's a bit wild, wild west. Uh, and there's so many services, and people like trying to find. All right, which one is it on and stuff? It's definitely new territory. It is. But, yeah. I mean, it's like it's incredible, and like thank God for it right now because yeah. Yeah. if there wasn't this and COVID, we'd all be sure. totally fucked. Like, and there's so <laughs> much being made. And, and I love that, you know, a lot of it's like, it doesn't matter. Is it two hours? Is it six hours? Is it 20 hours? Like it doesn't really matter as long as it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think all of that's great. You know, I obviously hope and I'm sure cinema is going to come back in a big way. I mean, I just, you get, it just will, right? We just want to get out. There's only so many things we can do. Yeah. Like, you know, you go to a bar, you go to a restaurant, you go see a film. Like, well, <laughs> yeah. I think if you get rid of that one, there's going to be a lot less to do. Um, so it's like it's a double-edged sword. It's like it's like Spotify or something, right? It's like I, you know, you used to buy an album and yeah. you really appreciate that album yeah. from start to finish. Now, like I'm just constantly just listen to a track onto the next thirty things. Yeah, you know, it becomes much more disposable, which is which is a shame. I, I know. Every it, Friday, I get a fresh list of new things out, and I forgot what I came out the week before. I'm yeah. like, right, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to my release radar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, but yeah, it's. Uh, it's 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 the best of both worlds for sure like you can get it uh but it's it, i miss the movie theaters i miss going there i miss uh get my popcorn, popcorn. I, I miss <laughs> yeah I, you know exactly yeah. for sure you know and uh I, I i hope every i'm sure everything will come back I, I would love to watch this stuff and uh so like any idea as to when night teeth would be kind of released they're talking about uh around halloween i'm not sure it could be could be sooner could be end of the summer it's it's a little loose right now. It's definitely this year. Okay. So we're still just finishing the edit at the moment, um, but we're, we're you know we're pretty close. It's going to be done by early summer. Okay, cool. I mean, do you have uh, like you know the the plan is to 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 work with this and then just keep going, right? You're going to find some more source material. Do you have anything in the tank? Maybe like one idea. You don't have to tell us what it is, but do you do you have this one movie that's been in your head for the last ten years that one day you're going to make? A lot of the stuff that like source material that I like dreamed of making has now gone, <laughs> you know, like I'll tell you, like, you know, like I always thought I want to make Preacher, 
you know, uh, I just love that. I'm going to make Preacher. And then, you know, Seth Rogen made it into TV. So, oh, it's yeah, so the good. Book, right? it's I fucking so... loved it. I always, that was like, that's what I'm going to do. And I was like, my absolute dream is to make Sandman, you know? And then that's now gone. You know, so it's like a lot of the stuff, you know, unfortunately, I love John Constantine and Hellblazer and then, then that keeps being made, you know? So, there, you know, there, there isn't anything sort of like that in the same way. There's, there's a number of projects that I'm talking about right now, you know, that are like sort of dream projects in terms of the genres that they're in or the, or cool. the settings and, and that sort of thing, you know, like, uh, so, so there's, there's things cooking, you know, you never know which one's going <laughs> to no, go, yeah, and which one's going to happen first. But. And now we live in a world of episodic stuff you know so you can tell a long-form story i just finished the head yeah. on hbo max six episodes man what a great fucking right. show it was just like it felt like knives out meets the thing it's like this murder mystery. oh really oh it's so wow. good but it's like you tell it in six episodes you know which allows somebody like you or 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 you know uh like a writer to to basically really tell that story so i love the episodic tv as well sure yeah uh, before- and, you know there is a project that i uh you know just thinking about you know that that is about a decade oh you know that that is a tv thing um that i'm hoping to that's a sort of combination of supernatural and, and a kind of spooling gangster show um Ooh. so hopefully cool yeah <laughs> hopefully that you know Thank you for taking time to talk to our little show. We're big. Absolutely. We're, we're big pop culture. We're big music movies. Like we, we like to, to talk to people about this stuff. Uh, and uh, you, you were super cool, you know, for, for giving us your time. Thanks so much. And thanks for, uh, for supporting the film. Yeah. Word of mouth, man. That's, that's what we got. And we, we like to push it out there. And uh, I don't know, is it anything else you want to say or. Oh, I mean, just, uh, you know, if you haven't seen ICU, please check it out. It's it's a film that is only really through word of mouth. Anybody's yeah. seen it. You know, it sort of just quietly came onto various streaming services. Uh, and it's through people like you who are recommending it that, that you know, anybody's getting to see it. Please, so. please watch it. So then I could talk about it. I feel like I can't even talk about it. Yeah. You got to be very careful. Yeah. You know, I can't describe it. It's like, all right, <laughs> you got to watch this movie. Why? It's like, it's just really good. It's got a great script and a twist. And so, yo, Adam, thank you so much. Yes. Thank, thank you. you. Great chatting, guys. All right. Open door. All right. Bye. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.